What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. I'm Ben. We're here to bring our opinions on our news notes and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 156 with baseball uh, not existent until they can get their crap together. And hockey not developing the ability to be any more interesting in the past, I don't know, week. Uh, in the NBA, nothing really happening. It's all football again, which is not a complaint by either Ben or I. We love talking football, uh, but you know, we do like to try to change it up for you guys. But if there's just nothing to talk about, we just don't want to shoehorn things in. So, uh, first up, first up, last night, as of recording last night, I should say, as people listening to this two nights ago, uh, the big Monday night game between the Patriots and the Bills. If you didn't think we were going to talk about it, you haven't heard this show. Uh, the Patriots beat the Bills ten to four. T- excuse me, fourteen to ten. Apparently, I'm a little dyslexic. Fourteen to ten in a ridiculously windy Monday night game. Uh, the Bills' only touchdown came on a muff punt that gave them that gave them like field position out at the Patriots fifteen, and then one Josh Allen play pass later uh, to uh, I forgot who it was, but you know all of a sudden it's a it's an eight and seven game. And it's looking like, oh, it's going to be a good ball game. And uh, the score was 14-10, to 10, but I venture to say the way the Patriots ran all over Buffalo, uh, it, it, it wasn't quite as close as the score indicated. Yeah, unfortunately, um, as as life, I, I was unable to watch the uh, the game. But looking at the, the highlights and looking at the stats, it's remarkable that they ran – that much and then i think the biggest stat was the three passes and i had to text you because i'm like am i seeing this right did they really just pass the ball three times and it is impressive i will say this though i did list uh listen to a, a snip of uh uh sean mcdermott uh post game and he i don't want to say he had excuses oh but he had excuses but- but he had his excuses and he he went so far as to say this is not this was not Bill Belichick. This was us, you know, not taking you know advantage of the situation or executing. So take with that what you will, but the reality is um the defense kind of stopped you. The defense is you know. Uh, kind of led by Bill Belichick and and his scheme and his his plays, so really it was Bill Belichick kind of thing that happened there where he strangled your offense to the point where you couldn't produce more than seven points. So I understand what McDermott's trying to do. He's trying to not kiss the rings. He's not trying to glo- uh, you know glorify Bill Belichick as this end all be all, and he wants to win the division. I, I get that part because he was supposed to. Let's remember a lot of people and and even the experts uh, out in Vegas predicted the Bills to have this division. And right now they don't. And and Bills putting this together with a rookie quarterback. This was supposed to be their window, Chris. This was supposed to be Buffalo's opportunity at least for 2 to 3 years to kind of take ownership of this, this division. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I don't think it, I don't think that's going to happen. I understand they have one more game and they have a couple more division games. So with the, so, so do the Patriots, 
But they have what? Is that a two-game lead now? Uh, yeah. Yes, with a tiebreaker. Well, technically, technically two and a half, but the Patriots will have their bye this week. Um, and then the Bills can win or lose, whatever. But, yeah, and they also have the tiebreaker. Uh, so I would say if I'm the Buffalo Bills, I focus on my path. Uh, I believe the Patriots have the Colts after the bye week. Yes. And then and then they will face the Bills again. And that'll be a pivotal game because the Patriots are, have one loss in the division. The Bills have one loss in the division. And without any slip-ups, if they both went out except for that one game, everything's going to come down to that one game. And it'll be interesting that a potential Miami Dolphins loss for the Patriots first game of the season could determine the division winner. You know, <laughs> I was one of those people, and I'm not considering myself an expert by any means. I'm a guy who loves football who's, you know, watch it the majority of his life and has seen a lot, a lot of things in this game. And I was one of those people that picked the Bills to win the East handily. I picked them to win the conference and probably the number one overall seed. And I picked them to be in the Super Bowl representing the AFC. I can't remember if I picked them to win or not. I think I may have, but I, I can't remember that, honestly. And the the fact of the matter is uh, these games are proving to be too big for Buffalo. And let me let me just touch slightly on Bill Burr's slightly less angry doppelganger, Sean McDermott. Uh, <laughs> this guy comes in. I'm not sure where he was beforehand. I don't mean that as a as a slate. I'm really uh, not sure. It was. I assume it was Carolina. a coordinator. Carolina. I think it was Carolina okay. uh, as defensive coordinator with uh, Rivera. Okay, so that's quite a pedigree. Under a great coach at a time when the defense was the defense of Carolina was no joke, and they aren't they aren't a joke now either. But especially back then, they were pretty damn dominant with Luke Kinkley and all those guys. So he comes into Buffalo, a team that struggled, has struggled to find their footing, cannot find the coach that the players believe in, cannot find a quarterback, cannot get the receivers, have defensive players, but they either get hurt or they leave in free agency because they're tired of supporting an offense that can't put points on the board. So in comes Sean McDermott, and then we get Josh Allen. And Josh Allen's a mediocre his two years, first two years, comes out year three, just lights it up, does, does phenomenal. Uh, and, and by the way, even when even even when he was mediocre, they were still a playoff team. Uh, and they they, they lose. Uh, I thought they lost two two years ago. They come to the AFC Championship game last year, and they they lose to the Chiefs. No shame in that. A lot of people lose to the Chiefs. So, they come into this season. Josh Allen's an MVP candidate. The Bills are a Super Bowl, at least darling, if not favorite. McDermott is looking like a guy who's going to lead that team from the the schlubs who went to four in a row and couldn't pull one out to finally those fans up in Buffalo are going to have a team that can lead them to a championship. And what have they done ever since they reached the point where people were like, yeah, they're legit. They have continued to falter every step of the way. 
they got run down. Run down by the Colts. They got defeated by Jacksonville. By the way, Sean McDermott, you lost to Jacksonville in beautiful weather conditions by three without scoring a touchdown. So I don't want to hear your excuses that if it's, oh, if it's good weather, you never know. No one's expecting you to kiss Bill Belichick's ring. I'm a Patriots fan. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear you come out and say, you know what? We knew. We knew with their passing game, despite how good Mac Jones has looked, they were not going to throw this ball all over the field tonight. They knew it. We knew they weren't. We knew they were going to run it. We had a top five run defense coming into this game. And you know what happened? They outplayed us. And they beat us. They didn't out-scheme them. They knew what they were going to do. They were going to run that ball three straight times and then punt if it didn't work. But guess what? It worked a lot. It worked a hell of a lot. And that defense was beat up, demoralized, and pissed. As you can see by all the post-game clips of Buffalo players acting a little bit, I don't know, let's say bitchy. Because they got embarrassed on their own turf when they knew the team coming in was just going to punch them in the mouth and they just stood there and they took it. They took it. So Sean McDermott can say all he wants but about, about it not being Belichick, and that's fine. But take some responsibility for why your team has not been prepared for game after game after game. It's like they beat Kansas City and they thought the Super Bowl trophy, the Lombardi trophy, went right to Buffalo. Oh, by the way, right now, today, Kansas City smokes Buffalo because Kansas City has figured their shit out. And it's not it's not the same, you know, run and gun, 45 points a game Chiefs, but that defense is playing much better. And that offense is starting to figure out how to play a little bit slower. So for all the criticism I gave them earlier in the year, I'm going to give them kudos now for figuring their stuff out and not being too stubborn and letting the season slip away before they made changes. But Buffalo, you haven't won anything. You're not entitled to anything. Seriously. What I saw yesterday for a team that I was actually kind of excited for because I knew what it was like before the Pats went on this recent run of success to have a team that couldn't win the big one. I've been a Pats fan for years before 2000. And they won here or there, but they never got the big one. So it was actually kind of exciting. If my team couldn't, all right, good for a team with a loyal fan base. Uh, a classic organization with a great history and a lot of great players. Uh, but this sense of entitlement you hear coming from Bill's players and almost McDermott himself. Like, they just thought this division was going to be theirs for the next three to five years because the Patriots lost Tom Brady. Like, they're entitled to it. It's 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 pretty sad. And if y'all don't get your shit together, you're not getting past Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, and uh, and honestly, Chris, we we might have to look at this as we get closer. I understand there's three wild card spots. I mean, who says they're going to be their wild card weekend? Because you know they're the last. They have five games left. Uh, I see, so like, and, and we take this with a grain of salt because they lost to the to the Jaguars already. So anything's possible. But if you look at it realistically. The Jets, the Falcons, and the Panthers should 
all be wins for the Bills. So that's three wins. And then the other two are the Bucket at Buccaneers next week. And then obviously, as we just as we discussed, I mean Buccaneers this week. And as we discussed, um the Patriots in a few weeks. So I, I don't know if I'm I'm, I'm Sean McDermott, but I might want to kind of get this team uh get the team heads head straight because you got a five game stretch and you need probably four wins and the biggest one coming against the Patriots. All right. Uh, I, I just want to point out real quick uh, when, when Bill Belichick leads a team uh, like this and they start getting their crap together and, and, and performing the way this defense has all of a sudden it's everything but his coaching, but when they struggle, he can't win without Tom Brady. So, Y'all out there who wanna who wanna you know throw those stones, you gotta pick a side because you can't have it both ways. And there, like like we discussed before, I think last week or the week before, they have a sneaky sneaky defensive player of the year coming up around the corner. He keeps this up. I don't know how you cannot give or at least strongly consider Matthew Judon defensive player of the year. Yes. All right, and now let's move on to the reason. The Patriots were able to claim the one seed this past weekend. Uh, well, did, okay, they didn't claim the one seed. They're currently in the one position. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they were uh, tied. They tied in, in, in very late in the game, within the last minute, I believe. Uh, and then, then Harbaugh, good old coach Harbaugh, uh, who I have a lot of respect for, I think he's a tremendous coach, uh, decided to go for two. And go for the win. And it didn't work. There's a little miscommunication between Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews on the two-point conversion pass. And Andrews couldn't roll it. Haul, uh, excuse me. Andrews couldn't haul it in. And uh, Baltimore lost in a very painful fashion. Um, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing where if it works, you know, the old Riverboat Ron Rivera thing where, oh, let's just go for it. Uh, if it works, that's great. You're a hero. And we've seen that happen in Baltimore a couple times this year. You know, uh, Harbaugh puts his faith in Lamar Jackson, and Lamar comes through because he believes in his players. So, naturally, this, you know, the sports media that just loves to throw, you know, just loves to throw people under the bus and loves to have knee-jerk reactions and 2020 hindsight is going to bury Harbaugh for this decision. But you know what? I have zero problem with it. I have zero problem with it. This is a coach that believes in his players, that had the one seed, and people can say, oh, they blew it, and now they're, what, they're the three seed or whatever. Okay. And they're still a damn fine team that's had a lot of injury issues uh, that's come through that like champs and still put a quality product on the field. They won some big games. And Harbaugh wanted to make sure he could get one more win. That's what he wanted. He wanted to try to get that win right there. He didn't want to take a chance of anyone else getting hurt, anything else that could have happened in overtime. And he wanted a big statement play, big statement move. It didn't work. But you know what? I give him credit for having the balls to try because a lot of coaches wouldn't have. A lot of coaches would have played it safe. And Baltimore is going to be just fine. They're going to be in the hunt. And uh, people got to lay off Harbaugh for this because – if it worked, he'd be a hero. And and I think he played the percentages correctly. 
and he made a statement about he had a issue with his quarterback room where injuries might have been a problem going into the overtime. And I think that has to play a big factor. And if you're out there and you're like, well, Roethlisberger hasn't had a great season. And that is true. But he's still Ben Roethlisberger. And if the quarterback situation for the Ravens is going to be uh, dire and he can pick them apart, even just standing there, anyone standing in a pocket with time can pick apart any defense, especially one that's undermanned. Yep. And I think it was a gamble. It was a calculated gamble. And they're still in position to win a division. Like that, that, sh- that in and of itself is miraculous just by the amount of running back losses they have had the entire season. And, and I think, I, because honestly, I think the Cleveland Browns should be the ones at the one seed and, and the Bengals should be fighting with them over the top seed. And realistically, uh, none of that's happening. I mean, the Bengals are doing, you know, they're up and down, kind of like the Bills. Um, I just I just think the Ravens have, have proven this year that they're going to be in every fight down to the wire. And if you get in, the, get in with them in the playoffs, uh, it's going to be an ugly game. Uh, even if it's Kansas City, even if the Patriots are playing at, at you know their top peak performance, they're going to be a tough out for anybody. And if you, if you even think for a second that you have a, going to have an easy game, they're going to pop you in the mouth and you're going to be stunned. The only reason why it probably didn't work for the Steelers is because these are division rivals. These guys have history. Yep. So I, I don't think Tomlin or Harbaugh would ever go into this game thinking that it's going to be easy. And they do the same thing with the Bengals and the Browns. Now they'll, they'll win big sometimes, but you go into a game in a division rival, you're going to make sure your head's on right because they pop you in the mouth. It's going to be over. But if you, if you go head to head with everything you got, I think to a man, every division opponent is going to tell you that that team over there, I don't care about that record. That's going to be a tough team. Cause it's just, it's just different in the divisions. All right, moving on. Uh, this is not this is not a, 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 a misprint, or a, I'm not speaking incorrectly here. I'm not reading something that's written incorrectly. The Lions won. For the first time in, in about a calendar year, uh, they did everything possible to lose. Believe me, they did everything they could to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. But uh, they did not. They They managed to... Stumble their way into a victory. Not trying to diminish it, but I mean, it was not a great game by either side. Um, Goff hit a pass, I think, four seconds left on the clock, and by the time the pass was complete, it, it was zeros. Um, Goff has proved every, we already went through this earlier in the season, but he's proved every bit of what you said about him from the beginning that without Sean McVay in his ear being a puppet master, uh, he 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 doesn't know how to do basic things a starting quarterback should know how to do, uh, and that's you know I have nothing against the guy, but that's just I mean watch him play, it it it, <laughs> it if if you walk away from watching a Jared Goff game going 
that dude's all right, then we're not watching the same game. That's all I'm saying. Uh, my only other comment on this game is Justin Jefferson is an absolute superstar. That kid is ridiculous. Adam Thielen, who's another tremendous receiver, goes out early in that game. Everyone knows where the ball is going when it's in the air. Justin Jefferson, and he pulls down something like, I forgot what, 160 receiving yards and a touchdown. He is as valuable to that team as Dalvin Cook is. And, I mean, you're looking at, you're absolutely looking at the next great receiver in this league. I look at this, I, I understand Lions great. They won their first game in years. It's good. Um, they'll probably have top three pick, probably the first, but at least top three pick. If I'm the, if I'm the Vikings, and I, I texted you this when you told me that the, the Lions beat them. They got to give up on Cousins. Like they have to move on. I, I understand the investment. I understand. You know, when he's good, he's good. When he's bad, he's okay. He's not a different difference maker. He is a more a better version of Alex Smith. I was going to say less mobile Baker Mayfield. Less mobile Baker Mayfield, uh, better passing Alex Smith. You know, that's that's what he is. Yeah. He, he just doesn't he doesn't instill fear into the defense. Like, yes, Cousins can go out and throw 350, three touchdowns. He can put up some stats every now and then, and probably more often than not. But if you're a defense, you're going to look at that and say, yeah, but we can still win the game. And I don't know what it is about Kirk Cousins, but it just – he just can't get the team over the hump. He's had the pieces. That's the scary part. Any other team, any other quarterback, you think, well, he just had this piece or that piece. Like, the guy has had pieces every every year. And he just can't – he can't get – and I don't know if it's a, a Zimmer thing or if it's a Kirk Cousins thing, but – Something's got to give there, or it could be both realistically. You know, I, I think I heard this. I was listening to uh, uh, Rich Eisen a couple weeks ago, and so I want to give him the credit because this wasn't my own thing. But I couldn't agree more with what he said. There's three in particular. Look, you know you have there's good quarterbacks, there's bad quarterbacks. There's guys who you know are not getting into the promised land, whether it be age, talent level, whatever. Then there's your guys who you, you your Mahomeses, your 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 look. She's got to win one before he can be a Super Bowl quarterback. But your guys like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, uh, I I'd put Justin Herbert in there. Guys who you are excited to watch because you know, there's still more growing. There's still more progression to their game. Then there's other guys you watch, and you realize that. Their team would be worse off without them. But is there anybody better than them? And maybe, maybe, maybe I'm saying that poorly, but it's like, yeah, you could do better. And you can go out and get somebody. You could move on from them. But you're going to take a hit talent-wise. And But the player you have in that position isn't good enough to get you over the hump to be a championship team. And he said there was three three teams in that in that category right now. The Browns with Baker Mayfield, the Vikings with Kirk Cousins, 
and the Raiders with Derek Carr. Not a th- not one of those three guys is an absolute schlub who should be be you know cast into the sun. So each one of those teams would take a step back by losing them, but you're not going to be able to take the biggest step forward with them. So what do you do? It's it's quite a pickle. It is, and and I I understand the point that you know. What what's better? Well, here's what I'll say to that. Um, Alex Smith, you could argue, was in that category at one point. Sure. Like, you know, he's good. He's going to get you so far, um, but he's not going to get you the promise. Yet. We we've seen that. He, he he would need an epically in his prime. I'm talking about prime Alex Smith. He would need an epically great defense to get to the promised land. But I say to that, well, the Chiefs went out and drafted Patrick Mahomes and they coached him up. They saw the potential. They didn't see if it was ever going to meet that potential, but they saw, well, Patrick Mahomes at his peak will be 100 times better than Alex Smith. So we're going to take the gamble. We're going to take that step back because – in the next, in the following season after Alex Smith left, left, we're going to take five steps forward and win a Super Bowl. So that's where they have to gamble. And I think right now the Vikings have a team built where you can take a step back in the quarterback position because you have all the pieces around. The guy you just mentioned, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison. You still have Adam Thielen. You have the pieces, and you still have some semblance of a defense. Yeah, yeah, serviceable defense, yeah. It is getting a little bit long in the tooth, but you do have a serviceable defense. It's just a matter of if you want to take if you want to take that risk. But I don't think it's going to be Mike Zimmer that's going to take that risk because they don't make the playoffs. I think this is probably going to be it. Am I wrong? No, I, I don't think so, and. uh you know, to get to your Alex Smith, uh, you know, point, two teams realized that with Alex Smith. Yes. Alex Smith led the 49ers to the playoffs. They still decided in the middle of a season after making the playoffs to put Colin Kaepernick in to make a Super Bowl run. Now, obviously, with Kaepernick, you know, things are what they are. But at the time, he looked like he was the next great running mobile quarterback. Right. Get traded to the Chiefs. Chiefs made the playoffs a couple times in a row, a couple seasons in a row. What do they do? They go out with the number 10 pick. It was 9 or 10. Either way. And they take Patrick Mahomes and insert him at the end of a season. For uh, one game. For one game in place of Alex Smith. Saw enough. Traded Smith in the offseason. Now, there's no disrespect to Alex Smith. I think he's seemed like a very nice guy. And he was a quality quarterback. A game manager. I know that's seen as an insult, but I, I really don't know why. Because... It usually means you're good enough to not lose the game for your team. Right. Uh, he's a game manager, uh, and I give him all the credit in the world for coming back after the horrific injury he had. Took a lot of guts, and I'm happy he got the chance to come back and go out on his own terms. But two teams saw that with him. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think Washington moves on from Kirk Cousins after after giving him a franchise tag for two years if they feel he's the guy? Nope. No. Minnesota gives him guaranteed money. Now, Baker Mayfield, we'll see what happens there. I still think the Browns re-sign him, but he's not getting a mega deal. There's no way. He'll get, he'll get. I mean, some mega deal for, like, your average everyday Joe, but 
but he's not getting Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson money. There's no way in hell. And Derek Carr? Derek Carr is a John Gruden decision away a couple years ago from <laughs> being a backup somewhere and having Mariota come in and be the starter. Yeah, if, if, if there was an injury in, in that first year when Mariota's backed up, there's a chance that he's inserted. And if he can ride Tannehill it, then who knows what would have happened. But I, I just – I wonder what Alex Smith could have done with that defense last year in Washington if he was fully healthy, if he didn't have all those – that serious injury, if he was, the, you know, every week starter last year. That could have been the kind of defense that Alex Smith could have taken a team, especially because they went toe-to-toe with the Bucks last year, the the Washington football team. Oh, yeah. With with Tyler Henneke. Um, and they almost pulled it off. Now, I don't know with Alex Smith, do they pull it off? Is it that close? Who knows? All I'll say is it would have been real interesting to see that happen. Um, but – and I hate to keep, you know, you know, bringing up Alex Smith. He's just kind of like the, the prototypical, you know, guy that is enough to get you in the playoffs, just mm-hmm. not enough to get you over that hump. And, right. And I think Kirk Cousins is in that that kind of, although more prolific passing, he's kind of that Philip Rivers kind of mold where he's just gonna put up some stats. It's gonna look nice but he's never going to get you over the hump. And, and, and I just don't know what it is with cousins. He's got the receivers. He's got the running backs. He, he's even had the tight ends in the past, a very capable offensive line and pretty good defenses throughout the, the few years. I just don't know what it's something between his ears that just, I guess you could call it no killer instinct. Maybe. I just don't know. There's just, you can say what you want about the uh, the no, the what was it the no pi uh, no they they got the, they got the the um the play in uh against New Orleans a few years ago that was for the Vikings right yeah yeah it was Stephon okay. Diggs for the yeah in their favor yeah what was it Packers cleaned them out or something in the championship game uh, someone it, well, it wasn't the out. championship game because the Packers didn't go to the Super Bowl. Someone cleaned him out. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not positive who it was that year, but but they were like a clear favorite. The Vikings were a clear favorite. Yeah. They got out of that game, and I know they got cleared out by somebody else the following week. But it, it's just they're just putting they're put themselves in a position to succeed in a, in a division. I understand with Aaron Rodgers, but they're also in a division with the Bears, who have not been consistent. And with the Detroit Lions, who is almost a guaranteed two wins a year. So I'll give you a little bit with the Vikings on, on, on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, but I got to take it because you got two other teams in your division that are very, very inconsistent, although the Lions are pretty consistently bad. You should be better than what you are. And I think at the end of this year, if if Zimmer doesn't go, I think he's going to take a gamble and, and, and try to ship Kirk Cousins out and try to get something coming back, something he can work with. Maybe he takes a gamble on a, a late first round or early second round quarterback and, and see where he can go from there. I just don't, I, I just don't see what Kirk Cousins can do 
improved that he ever hasn't improved in the past few years where he's just not good enough. You know, I don't, I don't know because I, this might be Cousins' last year of guaranteed money. I'm not positive, but we'll, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting offseason because, like you said, they have everything in place. They can't have a guy who's going to hold them back under center. So, uh, Speaking of a guy who won't hold you back under center, Kyler Murray returned. It looked like his old self, uh, much to the absolute joy of two of my three fantasy teams. Um, just saying, won both my games where Kyler started, so he's a difference maker. Uh, two passing and two rushing touchdowns. Uh, it looked dominant, great, no uh, no issues with the ankle. So that that Arizona team, man, they are both sides of the ball, special teams. They are probably the most complete team in the entire league. Uh, they still managed to not uh, give up first place when Kyler was out, which speaks to the coaching for the second-tier guys because uh, not a lot of teams in the league could do that, could lose a star like Kyler. and still. I mean, yeah, they lost the game, but still didn't lose all of them. I think they won two out of three he wasn't playing, then had their bye. So... Uh, not a whole lot on that one for me, but just Kyler, if he stays healthy, this is absolutely, for me, and I've been saying this since the beginning of the year, the front runner in the uh, NFC. So, um, I, I want to see more. I want to see uh, Kyler Murray stay healthy, and I think the Cardinals can really put together um, a nice little run. I think they do need to they're going to have one deficiency and that's going to be the, in the the standard running game, not just Colin Murray running the ball. Um, I understand James Conner is, is putting together a, a decent season. It's just, I just don't think there's enough there in the running game. Um, obviously DeAndre Hopkins is a man amongst boys, but I just, I feel like one more off season, if they can get themselves a young running back out of the draft or even, you know, find a team that's, you know, looking to unload a guy that's maybe not quite there. You know, if, if I'm the, the Cardinals, I might try to say, Hey, Hey, Philly, here's, here's a five, a fifth round pick. And we'll just take Miles Sanders off your hands. Cause obviously, you know, you, you, you don't know what to do with him. And maybe it takes a four and I'm willing to go four. Just because I see what God, I could see what he can do in that offense. And he could just be a uh, a great playmaker in that offense with the talent like Kyler Murray, because you always have to have your eyes on Kyler. And adding another talented player in the backfield will just make it. Because you saw what they did with Kenyon Drake. So I think they can just mirror that and oh, even yeah. better yep. with with Miles Sanders. And and to help you out, Chris, um, Unfortunately, Kirk Cousins still has one more year. Oh, okay. We must have re-upped him for more than I thought. So, so they have one. He has one more year, thirty plus, and who knows? But uh, I, I, I mean, good luck. Good luck totality, moving that. Good luck moving that guaranteed money, man. Good luck moving that. Well, I, I understand that. It's just somehow you're gonna have to take. You're gonna have to take a hit somewhere because you gotta. Otherwise. As you put it every time, Chris, they're going to waste the talent, and that talent is going to be Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, and Justin Jefferson. Mm -hmm. And 
how many years do you want to waste those talents? Because we're going to start seeing uh, Khalil Mack, who got injured this year. Each and every year, he might start to have these little injuries. And, and now, you know, a great player who, who should have seen multiple playoff appearances and a possible Super Bowl appearance uh, never, ever come to fruition because – well, the Raiders couldn't put together on offense, and then they, he gets shipped to the Bears, and they just couldn't put it together on offense either. Well, we're going to combine these next two topics because they're both former Steelers. Uh, Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger, came out earlier in the week. Well, it came out earlier in the week. Not He didn't. Uh, and it, it, Apparently, he was telling former teammates and people within the organization that he believes this is last year in Pittsburgh. Uh, and I also, you know, when asked if that meant he was going to retire, apparently stated that uh, he, he doesn't plan on it or he hasn't thought about that. So if he isn't planning on retiring and he doesn't think he has a future in Pittsburgh, two plus two equals four. That tells you Big Ben plans on playing somewhere else next year, which I I, I don't know why he has the best situation he could have for himself in Pittsburgh. Um, I don't think with his age and his condition, let's face it, Big Ben has not aged like a guy like Tom Brady has. Um, so what's the market for him? And I mean, what other offense can you see him in that could make any kind of difference? Uh, and then his former star receiver, Antonio Brown, apparently his future with the Bucks is up in the air uh, for another bad decision we discussed last week where he misrepresented his vaccination status. Um, Again, don't really care if you are or are not, but don't lie and say you are if you aren't. Um, Apparently, (laughs) you know, despite, despite Tom Brady being Antonio Brown's biggest fan, he may be done in, in Tampa because Bruce Arians made it pretty clear, although we all know Tom Brady's the coach of that team. Uh, Bruce Arians made it very clear that if something like this, uh, something big happened, it would be Antonio Brown's last chance. And getting suspended for three games when your team is in the midst of a playoff push is pretty big. It goes a long way to show you can't trust that player to make good choices, which we kind of knew with the old Antonio Brown, but we Thought maybe in the last year and a half, two years, he'd kind of smartened up a little bit. Apparently not. What's the future for both of these guys? Uh, I think uh, AB's done. I understand there's multiple teams that give him many opportunities, but I think at this point he's going to be uh, – as soon as the suspension's done, he's he's done. He's out. They're going to release him. Uh, I, I don't think there's any other way to go about that. Um there's too many influential people in, in higher offices, which agree or disagree. They have a perspective on things in life. And this is a topic that we, I would think uh, across the spectrum would agree that you lie about it. You need to be punished because you're being disingenuous. And, and, and I, 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 don't agree with anything Antonio Brown did in the situation. Now, conversely with, with Ben Roethlisberger, I think he's 
best hope, I agree with you 100%, is staying in Pittsburgh. Because who else? He, he has a long windup. He likes the deep ball, so he's going to take hits. He needs a great offensive line to try to pass block as long as they can. He's not as mobile as he used to. And unless he starts dropping weight, and if he drops too much weight, then he can't take the hits that he used to, uh, used to taking. And he, he's getting injured every year. He can't play a full complement of season. And now you have an extra game. I just don't think there's a situation in the NFL that allows you to have Roethlisberger as your starting quarterback. And, and add on to that, Chris, you need to give him some rope. And there's only one team in the NFL that's willing to give him any sort of rope to whether it's a learning curve or rust or slow start. And that's Pittsburgh. No one else is going to give him that rope. It's just, it's Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. It was like, I mean, Brady's different. You know, Peyton Manning was different. Even Joe Montana is different. Is it? Roethlisberger's not going to get that kind of rope. They've given him so many opportunities, especially with the allegations that happened way a few years ago. All the other comments he's had, um, the retirement conversation, what was it, two, three years ago, I think yep. it was. There's just so much there that it seems like that's the only team that would actually give him the rope to, let's say, Next year they go out 0-3 and, and he's having a bad start. They're going to stick with him. But I, I think if I'm the Steelers, if I'm Mike Tomlin, I'm like, I, I'm young enough. Because trust me, Mike Tomlin's young for, for a head coach. Oh, I'm yeah. young enough. Oh, yeah. I can restart this sucker. And it's Pittsburgh. We, we built that defense. We can win with that defense if we get plug in a couple of extra players and then – Go young at quarterback. I don't. I don't think Dwayne Haskins is the answer. No, Mason Rudolph's no. not the answer. Uh, I think they still have Dennis Dixon on the roster. He's not the answer. I just think you got to go young. That's that's my feelings. Yeah, I mean, and after after Le'Veon Bell and that whole mess, he looked for a running back for a while. But Najee Harris, um, you know, looks to be the real deal. And I know he hasn't had great games the last month or so, but that's because. The Steelers were on a winning streak, and they were using him. And then, for whatever reason, they got away from using him as much. I don't really know why, but when they use him, they are a different team. They're a better team with a better running offense. Um, I, 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 if I were Big Ben, man, seriously, with the injuries and the history you have in Pittsburgh, hang it up, retire. Take a nice cushy three or four year position as an advisor, making a quarter, half million a year, whatever. Not like you need the money; you're probably loaded for ten lifetimes, anyways. And just just be a Pittsburgh legend. Yeah. It's not a matter of if this guy was still in shape and he didn't have the pieces around him, you could say, "All right, go somewhere else, and maybe you can resurrect your career three, four years somewhere else, and you'll be fine." That's not the case with Ben Roethlisberger. It's just not. So I think his best bet, if you were to leave Pittsburgh, you have to go somewhere and know you're going to be a stopgap for a rookie coming in. You're you're just there 
to teach them what to do and what not to do and play if they struggle. That's it. You're going to you're a Houston, a Carolina, a somewhere that's going to need some veteran leadership for a young guy or or if I'm the Jets, I give that guy 5 million dollars a year for the next 2 to 3 years to sit on the sideline behind Zach Wilson and say for better or worse, Big Ben was a fantasy stud in his day. He won Super Bowls, and I was never, I've never, I've never been his biggest fan, but I cannot deny the talent. And when he got hot, there were few better than Big Ben. He, if you have a young quarterback, a la Jacksonville, or uh, like I said, the Jets, Patriots are good. You can, you can stay away, Ben. Um, we got Captain Clipboard Brian Hoyer. We're all set. Yep. Uh, yep, yep. You pay this guy way more than a backup's worth to come in and just impart the knowledge on these guys. Yeah, Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence are different players than Roethlisberger was. That's not what I'm saying as far as the comparison goes. But there's things, there's fundamentals these guys have to learn if they're ever going to be the quarterbacks they were drafted to be. And I would do that. Because the biggest fault of the Jets this offseason wasn't they didn't get free agents, wasn't they didn't use a draft capital to get a quarterback, is they did not bring a veteran presence in behind their young QB to help guide him. This season's lost for them. They could really go a long way to making sure he gets the best education he can coming up in the ranks by bringing in a veteran with a Super Bowl pedigree. Well, technically they have one with Black. Well, okay. But the, he's only. I, that's I'm not, that's listen, true. Listen, listen. But I'm not going to sit here and, and proclaim Joe Flacco as the quarterback whisperer. But I will say, he has quarterback pedigree. He's been successful in the league, and they didn't have him all year. I, I think I brought that up. That that was that could have been a possibility in the off season. I like your idea, Chris. I do, because I'm on board with that. Young quarterback, you need someone you know, veteran to kind of guide him into the path. My question would be, is Roethlisberger capable of doing that? I don't know if he is. It seems uh, like yeah. you've got to have, look at Ryan Fitzpatrick. When was the last time he was considered an actual legitimate starting quarterback and not a stopgap, um, you know, insert when, when man shit goes bad for, your starting quarterback or your own starting quarterback, like Buffalo? I got to say legitimately probably Buffalo when they signed him to that extension. When they thought he was the last guy, they thought he was the guy, yeah. So that's the kind of guy I look at and say, like Tyra Taylor, unfortunately, now is that guy where, you know, you can insert him if you need to, but he can kind of help. You know, obviously Justin Herbert has talent, you know, amongst most, but – I got to believe that Tyra Taylor, you know, had some influence in helping him along. And that's the kind of player you want. Uh, Teddy, I don't think is there yet. I think he still has got starting, starting quality. Um, But for some reason, Brian Hoyer is like, you know, just a a good clipboard champion. That's just going to help you, uh, you know, find those little questions that the young quarterback is going to have and kind of guide him along. Uh, and you kind of have to find people like that. I don't know if AJ McCarron's that kind of guy yet, 
Uh, he's been around for a while, but you know, he never really started, but that's kind of the guy you want. You want that, 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 that guy that's been a backup or a guy that hasn't really started much, but kind of knows how to get the engine started quickly and, and, and go through the patterns each and every week so that you're ready. Cause when, when your time comes, you know, for a backup quarterback, you have to be ready. You can't sit there and wait, 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 and just have your hands in your pockets and, Oh, now my time is ready. I, I'm not, I'm not ready, but you have to be. So that's kind of why I think someone like Brian Hoyer has been successful in, in helping young quarterbacks um, get ready. You know, you got to think just uh, Jacoby Brissett kind of took advantage of that when, when they were in Indianapolis together. Um, and I know Brian Hoyer was a great sounding board all the years with Tom Brady, but you know, that's the kind of player I'm looking at. And I just don't know if Ben Roethlisberger is capable of, of taking that big step back and saying, I'm not starter anymore, uh, but I can help this kid. I don't know if – I'm not saying he can't. I just don't know if he can. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I mean, the sports fan in me just really hopes he hangs it up. I guess if he still has the desire to play, he has the right to do so. But it'll – it's already – sad watching him play compared to what he used to be. You just hate to see it go get worse, but all right. Well, teams will have some more capital to uh, spend next season heading into 2022. The salary cap is expected to be 208 million. Not a surprise. Uh, we did think as long as there were no more shutdowns and people were allowed to be people and be out and go places that the NFL salary cap would go up due to increased revenue. Uh, it, decreased for the first first time this year from last year and in a long time it was uh 198.2 in 2020 and it dropped to 182.5 this season but it will go up significantly and is expected to increase again in 2023 so that's you know good news for teams out there that you know like to sign big free agents and dallas can sign amari cooper and set more money on fire so it's exciting Anything on that, or do you want to move on to Michigan? It's interesting because uh, that that website I got I, I look at has already yep. updated the uh, twenty twenty two um, uh, salary cap. Oh so, no, kidding! So now we can look at in future episodes we can look at uh, uh what how teams are positioned for the following season. I know we talked about the Saints. I think after Taysom Hill's contract extension, and I think. Even with this boost, they're still they're still in hurting. And so I, I don't know. I don't know if we're I don't think we're gonna have the issues we had last year when we, our last offseason when we went through all those teams that are just negative, negative, negative. But you're still gonna have teams that are gonna have to look at that and say, yeah, we have to watch our money, we have to position ourselves because at, at some point we're gonna have to jump into that free agency. Um, pool and, and yank that player out that Matthew Judon that ha- has done so much for the New England Patriots um, got to make that splash got to make that move and, and you can't do that if you don't have the salary cap 
But uh, I think if I'm, I'm if I heard you correctly, you alluded to Michigan. Well, yeah, we got we got some new stuff, and this is you know until until they ha- something bad happens, this will be a weekly thing for Ben because he's been such a a diehard Michigan fan, and they are experiencing such success. Uh, not that they haven't experienced success, you know, recently, but not to this extent. Um, so last week, on as as the maize and blue turns, we discussed uh, their the victory over Ohio State. Well, they came out last weekend and had a huge victory in a conference championship game, uh, and even have a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Uh, now I'm gonna I'm gonna yield to Ben for a few minutes. Uh, before we get to banker tank for week thirteen, or fourteen, excuse me, uh, because I just, as a long suffering Michigan fan, I, I want him to have his moment. You know, I, I'm rooting for him. I'm pulling for him. You know, Ben. I, you know, Ben's my boy. I'm rooting for Ben's team. I really don't have a college team personally, uh, but don't really know what's going to happen. So we're going to let him have his moments while they're here to have. So take it away, Ben. So, so what we have here is Aiden Hutchinson is a top four finalist in the Heisman, uh, which will be announced this weekend. I don't think he'll get it. Uh, the quarterback for Alabama, Bryce Young, had a great uh, performance against the number one ranked Georgia uh, in the conference championship game for the SEC. I think he'll take it home. Uh, he has not. Let me. He is not eligible yet for the draft. So, if you're thinking, oh, Bryce Young will be number one, no. I think he still has one more year uh, to go. So I think at the end of next year, he would be potential number one pick. Uh, I think Aiden has a chance. He needed a, a great uh, performance against Iowa in the championship game and a mediocre performance by Bryce Young. Uh, that didn't happen. So, But, hey, top four finish by defensive player. That's, something, that's nothing to shake a stick at. Um, no. So, how it kind of kind of settled out this weekend? The Big Big Twelve Championship, uh, Baylor against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State had a, a inline shot to go to the college play football playoff, and they were upset by Baylor. Uh, believe it or not, Chris, that it's a mediocre upset, but you know they they had that shot mm-hmm. and and couldn't quite pull the trigger. Alabama upsets the undefeated Georgia in the SEC championship game. I'll tell you what, Chris, even though a lot of people had favored Georgia, the old adage is uh, don't count the champs down until they're actually out. Yep, yep, yep. And what Nick Saban did is he kind of used that, you know, that, that, the juice of everyone thinks Georgia's the shit. And I, you know, I don't want to say Georgia was, was drinking their own Kool-Aid because it was a close matchup up to halftime, but you know, they couldn't quite pull the finish it off. Um, Their quarterback's been playing good all season, but their top prospect quarterback that hasn't been able to play part of the season who's healthy now, didn't start. And he has the more talent. He's got the bigger arm. He's more mobile. He's more of a a prospect for the NFL. Very extreme upside. And he didn't play. 
So Alabama, I don't know, Bryce Young put it on, and the defense played enough. Uh, got some turnovers, and, you know, turnovers always hurt. And Alabama pulled it off because I'll tell you what, Alabama wouldn't have made the college football playoff if they'd lost. It would have been two losses. That wouldn't have put them in the playoffs. Um, who else am I missing? Um, oh, Cincinnati uh, walked over their opponent. I uh, honestly can't even remember who they were playing. It was – They probably can't either. It was it was so bad that it, I don't even remember who they they faced. Uh, Notre Dame would have had a shot if a lot of stuff happened. They obviously didn't play. I will state this yet again: in Notre Dame, you need to get in a conference. It is affecting you. I don't care what anyone else says. It is affecting you to not have a conference championship game on conference championship weekend when a committee is going to vote on whether or not you're going to be in the college football playoffs. There's only four spots. You need to get in a conference. I understand the money. I understand the, the the exclusive TV rights. But until you fix that, sorry. And and all the name and image and likeness money that players are getting are going to affect your recruiting in the future. Chris, the backup quarterbacks for both Alabama, Georgia, and Michigan are making pretty good money. And they're barely touching the field, so that's that should tell you what yeah. the name, engineering, likeness uh, rules are helping universities. If you're yep. backups, um, the kicker for the Michigan Wolverines donated all his uh, name, engine, aim, image, and likeness money uh, to I think the hospital that's connected with Michigan. Mm-hmm. All of it. I don't know how much it was, but he just, that's the kicker. The kicker is making money. Um, which leads me to the the obvious last team, uh, the Big Ten Championship. Michigan absolutely demolished Iowa in the second half and just ran away with it, literally ran away with it. And uh, we don't get political, Chris, but you know what happened in Michigan last, I think it was last week, the, the school shooting. Oh, yeah, yeah. They scored 42 points, uh, which is indicative of the uh, 42 people that were affected at the um, school shooting. They even wore a patch on their uh, their jerseys, you know, in remembrance of uh, everyone who was affected, the lost lives, the injuries. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, but it it. It was – I was concerned going into the game because, you know, you're going to be concerned going into any championship game. But when they started rolling, it's just like, wow, this is this this is a different feeling. So to kind of wrap it up a little bit for you, um, day before New Year's, uh, New Year's Eve, obviously, uh, it's going to be two games, two games. It's going to be Georgia against Michigan, and it's going to be Alabama against Cincinnati. So Alabama's number one, Michigan's two, Georgia's three, Cincinnati four. Cincinnati's undefeated. My opinion on this, uh, I think I texted, uh, I texted it to you. I also tweeted it out. Uh, I had Michigan one, uh, Bama two, Cincinnati three, Georgia four. I thought that would. I thought that was fair. I thought that made the most sense to me. 
Um, I thought because Cincinnati is undefeated uh, and Alabama took down the number one seed at minimum, they should be the number two seed. And I thought because of the run and the teams that Michigan had to run through the past month after Michigan state that they deserve the number one seed. Take that with what you will. They at least, and I'm happy with that. I'm happy with facing Georgia. Who's going to win? I think we're looking at Michigan, Alabama in the championship game. That'd be something. Hey, if you're going to win it, beat the champs. I'm all for it. I think the run, the running game is good enough to beat Georgia. The pass rush is great enough to beat Georgia. The question is, can you lasso Bryce Young in the championship game? But I will not think of that until they deal with Georgia. Yeah, you can't cross, that, a, can't cross a bridge till you get there. So, But I will also end with uh, two things. One, um, the Broyles Award for Assistant Coach of the Year went to the offensive coordinator for Michigan. That's Josh Gaddis. Congratulations. And Jim Harbaugh is a finalist for Head Coach of the Year. Well, that's good because I, I feels like he's been a coach for 37 years there, even though he hasn't, as we discussed last episode. But. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Banker Tank results from week 13. Ben and I were tied going in. However, I went 4-2 and two this week. He went 2-4. and four. And number one fan of the show, Tammy, went 2-4. and four. My total record, 43-35. and 35. Ben, 31-37. and 37. And Tammy, 33-39. and 39. All very close. Uh, ben and I have been trading uh, one of us out in front of the other or tied for the past six or seven weeks. So with only a few game, handful of games left, it, it's going to come down to the wire. So it should be very exciting. On to week 13, or excuse me, 14. I keep doing that. Week 14, Ben, who you got? All right, I'm going to go with uh, Bank is going to be Lamar Jackson, Joe Mixon, and Terry McLaurin. Okay, Bank for me, Russell Wilson, and Najee Harris, and Jamar Chase. Okay. Tank is going to be Baker Mayfield, Josh Jacobs, and Kenny Galladay. Tank for me, Matthew Stafford, Ezekiel Elliott, and Tyreek Hill. Every kill, interesting. He's got a dude's got a huge, huge like point expectation. He's up a, a, uh, almost seventeen points. Ugh. So it's like you could have a good game and still not hit seventeen points. But every time I pick Tyree Kill, he goes off like ten for two thirty and three touchdowns. So he'll probably score like fifty five. Whoever has him this week. But all right, anything else? Are you good? Well, Chris, good luck this weekend. On uh... yeah, you too. You too. Three we teams, yep. same record. Ben and I, Ben and I, Ben's playing the other guy with the same record. So if Ben wins, uh, I'm in the playoffs regardless, whether I win or lose. If I win, I'm in. Ben and I win, we're both in. So let's just handle our business and both win. Uh, but if we end up with a three-way tiebreaker, well, that wouldn't be possible because one of us has to lose. So, yeah, let's just handle the business and not let it get down to numbers and uh, – division and scoring and all this stuff so and my other my other 12 team league i am 10 and 3 and firmly planted in a one seed so there you go uh my team has been steamrolling people 
I started out 0-2, and I've only lost one in the last 11 weeks, and that was barely to the, the second-place team in the league. So well, that team is poised for a nice a, run. I have to do a little roster. A little roster. As you yeah, saw, I have to do yeah. a little roster maneuvering. But I think I think I got enough because <laughs> I need Tom Brady and, and Gronkowski uh, to kind of – do what they did this past weekend and really just put up those points and uh no Jonathan Taylor, so we'll see what happens, yeah. Chris. We will see well, what happens. Gronk either doesn't play or scores two touchdowns. So if he steps on the field, you know you're good. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. That's gonna do it for episode one fifty six. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions on this episode, past episodes, or anything sports related in general for Ben and I, we'd love to hear from you. Where can you get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTS Pod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. The website, bctspod.com or Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. And if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, subscribe, leave a rating and a review, and tell a friend about the show. We'd really appreciate it. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy. We will see you right back here next Wednesday. Thank you.